This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Last, I have control of your radio tubes. And I do too. Shut you fool. Keep listening, you idiots who can bear podcast. Yeah, it's real good and junk. And welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I am Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us this week to talk about his book, Neighborhood Watch, which after reading about it online and especially seeing that cover, it looks like it's going to be a good read and probably make a pretty damn good movie. Uh, we welcome teacher, author, and journalist Kevin Keneally to the show. Kevin, thank you so much for being here, man. Well, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. This is going to be fun. And like I said, we're a little out of practice. Uh, <laughs> we, we haven't done a, 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 a traditional episode, I guess, in a few weeks. We recorded one Couple last weeks, week, yeah. but it was just awesome. Yeah, tour wrap up. Yeah, we're used to having that fourth body here. So <laughs> very excited. In our retro roundtable this week, we're going to be talking about movies that were based on books. And there's a lot of them out there. So uh, I'm excited to see what you guys picked. I don't think my picks will come as a surprise <laughs> to anyone, but hey, <laughs> we're going to roll with it anyway. Then we're going to turn our attention over to Kevin to talk more about Neighborhood Watch. But before we do anything, don't forget to find us uh, on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, want to show a little bit of support, head over to CandairPodcast.com. Many ways there you can support us. A merch page where we have uh, T-shirts, mugs, stickers, all kinds of stuff with all these cool designs, a lot of which were designed by Joshua Bellis, a patron. So a big thanks to him. And also our uh, Patreon link, which uh, for 5 to $10 a month gets you access to a big catalog. <laughs> Very big catalog. We've been working on for over two years, going on three, something like that. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think the, uh, it's coming up, isn't it? The anniversary. Yeah, actually, I think three it's this year month. Anniversary? I think it's this month, actually. Uh, but all kinds of stuff over there to listen to. Episodes that we wouldn't dare put out to the general public. You have to pay to hear that shit. But, uh, and if you don't have the money to support us and you still would like to show your support, then leave us a uh, review in your podcast player of choice. Uh, preferably a good one, but, you know, we'll take what we can get. But uh, that really does help us out. And uh, what am I forgetting, guys? Uh, go over to evergreenpodcast.com, check out all the great shows, and check us out. Absolutely. they got so many shows on there. So many. So that's why you got to check the rest out after you check us right. out. So, yeah. Cuz you might get lost down that that foxhole. <laughs> anyway, that hole. Yeah, there it is. But anyway, let's kick it off with this week's retro round table. And away we go. Oh, <laughs> 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 you're back. 
<laughs> Shut up! Shut up! All right, Shut movies up. based on books. Jack, why don't you kick us off? Mine, I had never heard of before until the movie was coming to fruition, and I remember seeing trailers for it, and I thought, oh, hey, there's the book of it, so I'm going to go ahead and start reading it. And it was The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, okay. I've heard that's really good. Never knew anything about it. I think it was probably the first book that I would sit there and read and actually start cracking up because of how funny it was. Really? Mm-hmm. And then I saw the movie, and the movie wasn't, of, of course, it's not as good as the book, but it did. It did. So it. you read the book before you saw the movie? I read a quarter of the book, I think. So it, was, <laughs> it was a thick book. It counts. It counts. Yeah. But it, I mean, I got the gist and then went and saw the movie and was like, yeah, that translates pretty well. There was some stuff that was a little bit different, of course, but. There always is. Yeah. There always is. Make it make it screen friendly, I guess. Mm-hmm. More appealing. But a lot of what they described was exactly how it was, at least how I pictured it in the movie. So it was it was a pretty good carbon well, copy good. of it. I mean, it's it's very uh, rare that what someone else puts on the screen meets what your imagination has put together. Because yep. your imagination makes it perfect. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's so. not what I imagined this looking like. Harumph. Boo. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> Scorn. Right? All right. Uh, how about you, Kevin? Uh, movies based on books. What you got? Oh, there's so many. Actually, I just watched uh, Needful Things. I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Uh, it's one of my favorite King books. Uh, this, the, this is the old one of Ed Harris from the 80s. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I don't think that one gets as much love as it does. Uh, I think they Ed Harris did a, a good job portraying uh, the cop. Um, you know, I think that's another thing about King's books is that the protagonists are really well done just as much as the antagonists are. And, uh, but, but like you said, you know, you, you get this idea cause you play as, as you're reading a book, uh, you, you act as the director, the producer, mm-hmm. the costume designer. And then when you go see the movie, it's like, well, that's not how it's supposed to look, <laughs> right. you know? Uh, so, you know, as you're, you know, the whole premise is, I don't know if any of you guys have seen Needful Things. I haven't, no. Um, but the shop is this place where customers come and the the owner has something that everybody needs for something else. But, you know, he acts as the devil, right? Oh. So let's, let's say, like, Randy, you come in and you see, you know, Stratomatic baseball that you loved as a kid. Well, what's your price? Your price is your soul. And so the owner is going to give you a task, Randy. And it's like, oh, all you got to do is throw some mud. I'm going to jur six sheets. That doesn't seem like that big a deal, but that's the domino effect that's going to put everybody else into chaos in the town. Okay. And it, it, it sticks pretty closely to the book. I liked it. Um, I'm not one of those guys that's like, oh, you know, the, you know, the, I, I do. I'm kind of a book purist. There is one exception, and I'll I'll get off my high horse because I can talk a lot. <laughs> um, uh, I do think the movie Into the Wild was better than the book, and I I, I said it. That's what I said. Um, if you read that book, it goes pages and pages and pages of just talking about rock climbing, mm-hmm. and these, and not just talking about. The fiction of it is just talking about, oh, you know, this is how you, 
you know, wrap a belay, just how you wrap a carabiner. I don't care about that. <laughs> if I wanted to know about rock climbing, I would take out a nonfiction book on rock climbing, you know? So they, they cut all of that. They stuck to the storyline. I think the movie did more justice than the book. And the, the book is fine in its own right. They teach it at the high school level, whatever. Um, but, you know, it's rare you come across something like that. So sure. That, that was an interesting case. I have to say I admire the balls you have for saying that because I know there's probably a group of hipsters out there who just shuddered when they heard <laughs> that and they're probably going to come out for looking for blood. So Oh yeah. I admire you uh you saying that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I like that. That was the one with uh Harrison Ford and the CG dog. I don't think That's no, Call of the no. Wild. No, Into the Wild. Um this I'm thinking of a totally. This came out, I think it was like 2007, 2008. Uh, he was an up and coming actor. I can't think of anything. James else Franco, wasn't it? In. Yeah. Was it? No. Was that the one where he got his hand caught in the boulder or something? No. No. Okay. No, 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 no. I think the hipsters are going to come for you guys. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, the one I think you're, the, that one is based on a true story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Can't remember the name of that movie. That one was good, but but that one did yeah, have I can't rock climbing. So closer than Jack. It. He did a good, he did a good job portraying him, but um, wasn't wasn't anybody top tier like Harrison Ford? It was Call of the Wild. That's the one. That oh, okay, yeah. big difference. Good movie too. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a book. <laughs> All right, Randy, what do you got for us, man? So mine's actually a TV series. And uh, growing up, you know, in literature class and stuff in high school, we'd always have like, you know, Journey to the Center of the Earth that you'd have to read and stuff like that. And uh, I just remember the series Wishbone, where they take the main character and stick that little dog. That Peter story, Wishbone. Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go take a look. <laughs> Like, hmm, I don't have to write a book report now. I'm watching Wishbone. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that show character. came on. I was like, oh, hell no. I'm not turning on yeah. this garbage baby show. Yeah. It was good, though. Kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I understand why Arrowheads now were such a, <laughs> was such an exciting story for Randy. Finding Arrowheads. Yeah. I'm getting no respect at all. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it was, um, wow. Okay, was there anything else on the No, let's go time? ahead and hear about Jurassic Park, Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> well, mine's Jurassic Park. <laughs> and don't act like you're so really? damn insightful because you looked at my notes. Oh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, obviously, that's was going to be one of my picks had you not even seen my notes because... Um, that book is so freaking good. I mean, I obviously saw the movie first, but after I read the book, I was like, why didn't they do all this? And, <laughs> you know, as over time, they did. Like what you see in Jurassic Park, the first movie, and then the second one, and then the third one, mm -hmm. and even into Jurassic World, like so many things were taken from that first novel and just uh, like shrapneled across yeah. the movie franchise. <laughs> but um, had they... It would have been a long ass movie. Don't yeah, get oh, me yeah. wrong. Some stuff had to go, but there was like a whole thing where like the the kids in Allen were like in a they pushed themselves off in a boat to escape the T Rex oh, yeah, and the, it like followed them raft. into the water yeah. and then it was chasing them downstream. Like the whole book, they're like running from the same T Rex yeah. who's just hunting them. 
Uh, there's something with the with the pterodactyls like escaping from the aviary. The, yeah, mm. that's actually part of that boat scene. I think is the, they stop at the aviary to try yeah. and contact. But then they have them. to like try to run it through a field, <clears throat> and these things are like dive bombing, trying yeah. to pick them up and eat them and shit. Like, and that would have uh, been so cool to see. Not to mention the lovable John Hammond in the book is a complete ass <laughs> and gets killed yeah, by, by yeah. crappies by those little tiny yeah, the little things that swarm. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Then there's the whole like fighting off raptors in a hotel like they're coming through the skylights and mm-hmm. all different avenues like it's it has you at the edge of your <laughs> seat seriously not that the movie didn't but you know what i mean like uh, i don't know after i read the book i just was like man i wish they would have done all this and like there was something cool about the raptors too how uh they couldn't figure out why raptors would run to this one point of the island, one mm-hmm. side of the island, yeah. and they'd all stand in a single direction looking one way. They realized they were looking to migrate, yep. but mm. they couldn't, you know, because they were yeah. stuck on this island. There were just so many cool little things like that that the movie just didn't have. Like that they were the, wanting to go they south. They explained the science in the Something book. Something like, yeah. And then at the end of the book, they nuked the island. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then the lost So there's world. no Chris Pratt coming around. Then. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no Owen ever because they nuked the island. And you know what else they didn't have in those books? Holding out your hands to calm <laughs> the most ravaged of dinosaurs. There were no locusts whatsoever in any of like the books. Like his hands up. I must not attack. Like primal instincts just go away when, when the hand is raised to a T-Rex. Or I think something. ever since How to Train Your Dragon came around that... That turned into a thing of taming wild animals because that's what Hiccup did with the what, dragon. What? No, how to it, train your dragon? Yeah. Uh, hold up, hold up. I'm getting crap for Wishbone, but you can bring up how to train your dragon. And I think there's a difference. Mm-hmm. There's a huge difference. <laughs> no. No. How to train your no. dragon is like a 9.5 on IMDb, is it not? I mean, yeah, yeah, see, there you go. What's Wishbone on IMDb, Randy? Negative 9.5. Better than the new Jurassic Park movie, I'll tell you that. I, I doubt, well, <laughs> I don't know. They're not dressing a dog, little cute dog up in outfit, so they got that going for them at least. Didn't have like a bone, like spot on it somewhere too, that they probably just I don't took know. a brown sharpie and drew I think it just had like a brown spot on his eye. What kind of dog was that even? It was Jack Russell Terrier. Boy, he jumped on that quick. Yeah. I didn't even get the sentence out. Jack <laughs> Russell Terrier. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I hate you both. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, that brings us back around to Jack. What do you got? Mine was after I thought about it, because I, I don't know how many times I read the book when I was a kid, and it was a, a book it book, I'm pretty sure, or some... Some way that I got it through school. You, you earned a small personal <clears throat> pan pizza for reading this book. Is I, don't, I don't remember that at all. It's been so long. But I don't know if the book came first or if it was the movie came first, but I'm pretty sure it was the movie with the uh, space balls. <laughs> oh, there's no way that freaking book came first. There's no way. That doesn't count. So we go backwards with the, the whole topic a little bit. <laughs> and it was spot on. Everything was exactly how the movie was, except for they called everyone an idiot instead of asshole, which that, that drove me nuts. Man, but of this, course, this Spaceballs screenplay sounds exactly like the movie. Well, it was probably like the Scholastic Kitty version <laughs> of it. So. Probably, yeah. <laughs> They're stupid head, sir. Major stupid head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I had Harry and the Hendersons, too, and that was... That was right on exactly with the book, too. I, I remember getting a lot of the Scholastic. Uh, you remember how they hand out those little pamphlets? You could pick a book, write down the number, and then mm-hmm. like two months later after you've forgotten yep. about it, yeah. you show up. And yeah. I, I have the 
first Ninja Turtles movie book somewhere, Ghostbusters 2, when it came out. Like, <laughs> I had the original Star Wars. Wow. Yeah. Some yellow pages in all those books. Oh, no, yeah. You what. Heck yeah. And big 12-point font letters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had to make, to make that, that book thick. <laughs> yeah, otherwise it was just like a suggestion or a pamphlet, you know. <laughs> but... All right, we are back around to Kevin. So, you know, you mentioned, I think, Brandy, you were talking about TV series. It seemed like there's been an explosion of them within, mm-hmm. what, the last five years. Uh, some good ones just to throw out that have stayed fairly close to their books. The Outsiders, I think that was on um, was that on Hulu. Uh, it's a good one with uh, Stephen King. Uh, Sharp Objects, Jillian Flynn, That's that was on like a five-episode one. Uh, another one, Looking for Alaska. That was a one-seasoner. Hmm. I Actually, we're going to be reading that in school soon. Uh, and the way they depict the, the characters in there is really, really closely to the book. Now, they take some licensure. They, um, they make some of the storylines a little bit differently. But I, I really do appreciate how close they try to resemble the stories. In there and how close like like if they're if you're going to make the characters different their personalities remain the same and how they look at that so looking for alaska is a good one uh big little lies uh that one has it's kind of weird because seeing them in different roles uh but uh what's his name from parks and rec leslie's boyfriend soon to be husband um i've never watched parks and rec i can't stand amy poehler <laughs> Yeah, but it, he's the he's the main guy in there. Um, so it's 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 almost like getting used to seeing Chris Pratt in par, uh, Jurassic Park. It's like, oh yeah, you know, uh, if you if you you know, but he's the main character. And then so that's an episode. That's a show where uh, that's a thriller. So the first season stays really close to the book. It's like, all right, I can see this. And then the second season tried to do a thing where it was popular and did its own thing. It got really really bad. Um, so those mini series can, I feel like can go one way or the other. It's kind of like a game of Thrones kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, walking dead kind of thing. Oh, you try to do too much, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> and I, and you can kind of see where, where they should stop, where they should, you know, if they're just trying to make money. And, and oh, so, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that the licensor decisions they make, but, um, yeah, definitely Sharp Objects. If you're looking for a miniseries, that one's good. Looking for Alaska is good. Um, Outsiders is good. Big Little Lies is good for the first season. Um, <laughs> the the but, Outsiders uh, you know? s- series, how far back <laughs> does that date? Are you Is it like an older series or did they make uh, a newer you one? You know, it's, it's, a few, it's a couple years old now. Uh, I watched it during COVID. Uh, really? So, yeah, I think it was 20. So King came out with that book in... Uh, two years ago. Uh, so if you like the, so, so the premise of that is uh, a killer. Uh, it starts out where we, they found it, find a dead body. Um, and then we find out, well, it couldn't be this guy. Cause he was in this place while you said that he killed this person, but we have video footage that he was here at the same time. So it's like, it's like a body double kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, so he was here, but he was also here. And that's kind of what drives the whole story. It's like, well, who is this person? You know, and you find out that this person isn't, I don't want to really give it away, but 
trying to find out who that person is and bringing in supernatural detectives and all this stuff and figuring that out. I thought you were so. talking about uh, the old, like what, like Pony Boy, like the old oh, outsiders. Oh, okay, <clears throat> not not outs, not. Um, uh, what's you're what thinking that? of the Warriors? No, no, uh, no, no, not Warriors. No, Patrick this Swayze is... and wasn't like Tom Cruise in that movie too. Yeah, that's like one of his very first roles. Like that movie, they did the movie from the. We read the book mm-hmm. in school, and I was all about it. And uh, then I remember there being a movie, but I don't know that I ever saw it. Yeah, so it that's now. Ralph Macchio was in that too. Yes, that's the out. Hang on, you know I'm get. Yeah, I so want to say that's, that's the outsiders from the eighties. That's the outsiders. I think this one's just outsiders. Because the outsiders is against the uh, the, the greasers and socias. Oh yeah, Ralph Macchio. Uh, who who was uh, C. Thomas Howell? There's Steve. Uh, Tom Cruise was in that. A lot of guys got their start in that. There's Amelia. Okay, so Amelia this was this. this was Matt the Dillon. outsider with singular. Ah. Gotcha. That's where that's where it was. Rob Lowe. Look at that all star cast before they were yeah. stars, man. <laughs> And what a damn good book that was. I should watch this movie. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to uh, get off The Outsider. That sounds no. good, too. But no, that that's was a just good where one. my head went. No, yeah. I mean, that was a good one, too. And just, you know, a lot of Easter egg cast members in there, too. It's like, oh, yeah. this guy got this start, too. That too. <laughs> a lot of good starts in there. I, there's only one that I don't recognize. <laughs> and I oh, another one is uh, Little Fires Everywhere. Uh, that one came out years ago too that's kind of a you know i'll talk about my book soon but kind of subconsciously got my idea from from that show uh, from hulu um the book is a little bit different um some of the things they bring up in the the book in the tv show but the tv show is still very very good mm-hmm. uh, i would pair it with the book if, if you're looking for like book and tv show kind of thing a lot of good yeah. picks there yeah you guys ever take a, a a book of a movie and try to follow along with the movie? No, no, it's hard. I, I would imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine so. The book is so much longer for some reason. I used to do that with. I had the um, the uh, and I still do somewhere on the shelf over there the the comic from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three, and I would follow along with the movie to see how well they matched up, and they matched up pretty perfectly except the comic left out the horrible cheesy jokes and <laughs> in the comic you could not tell that um they were those horrible costumes they had them wearing you know they weren't <laughs> they the actually looked like turtles. so the comic really like weaned out the worst parts of that and just left you like the the, the, the palpable story but anyway all right, Randy, what you got? See if I can redeem myself on this. <clears throat> so when I'm watching manly shows and adult shows, uh, <laughs> I like Wishbone. <laughs> I like it twice. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> have you heard? No. So uh, Reacher uh, was a series that mm. um, Julie and I were actually watching together and absolutely loved it. Um, I've yet to read the book, but it, it's on my queue and my uh, Audible. But uh, yeah, I guess there's like a whole book series that like almost 30 books with that character. Wow. Um, and it just cracks me up because I was reading a little bit about it, but the main character is this huge, like almost seven foot tall guy. I've seen clips of it. He whoops some ass, he, he? He did, but at is the same... Name Jack? Yep. Yeah. And there was a, actually two movies with Tom Cruise, who is mm-hmm. not <laughs> <Yeah>. seven <laughs> foot tall, in the same role. So I'm just... 
I've seen the first Jack Reacher movie, and it was really good. Was it? Yeah, it was. I've seen it more than once. Uh, I don't can't remember if I've seen the second, but I have seen uh, clips. My dad's really big into that series, and every time I'm around him, have you watched it yet? <laughs> have you watched it, like Dad? <laughs> well, well, season two's coming up, Jeremy. So there's only one season out. Yeah, so far. Wow, the way he talks, man. All right, that he must just be rewatching life. it over and over. <laughs> it's a series. Yeah. yeah, they made a series out of it. I didn't know that. And that dude is a hard ass. It's like, uh, I can't think of a comparable fight scene, but he just, he like, yeah, he whoops he whoops some serious ass. The end. Like John Wick? Kind of. But he's built like The Rock. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Um, my last pick <clears throat> is going to be Forrest Gump. Now, I had never read the book, <laughs> but from what I understand... It was quite different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't quite as uh, bumbling or quite as uh, unintelligent, I guess, seemingly, as the movie made him. But I guess it went a lot more places. It was a pretty crazy book. Like, at one point, they sent Forrest into space with, with, an, with an orangutan. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> well, and... Um, that's just one of the many things. And if you watch the movies that made us on uh, Forrest Gump, you can see that it got like <laughs> declined, brought back out, declined again, just went through rewrite after rewrite. I haven't so seen that episode yet. It's good. You should watch it. But you can understand why, you know, it turned out somewhat of a far cry from uh, the original context. In the book, didn't he like date Raquel Welch at some point too? I don't know. I've never oh, read okay. it. My bad. And so um, Winston Groom, who wrote it, supposedly, from what I've been reading online, um, because of all the rewrites and because I guess this is a thing where what movie studios do, he didn't receive a dime from it initially because they're like, well, it has to receive so much profit or something. It has to hit. And I guess the people in The Lord of the Rings, the actors from Lord of the Rings got the same kind of shaft when it came to merchandising. Oh, we didn't do well enough for you guys to get re- any kind of residuals on that. Like, what? Come on. It's like the biggest <laughs> shit ever. I'm like, what are you talking about? So I guess he took them to uh, court over it and ended up settling. He got a he got a pretty good chunk of money out of good. it. And But part of the deal was that he would write a second Forrest <laughs> yeah, Gump. I've heard about this. Called, uh, which eventually was called Gump & Co. Gump & Company. And that they that the movie studio would have to buy it, and so he wrote the book. And um, I guess in the book, he I think this was in the second one. It goes so far as to where he actually meets Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. like the first line in the book was, uh, "Never let someone make a movie about you, rather no matter how fictional or true it may be." Something to that effect. Just the first, just out of the gate, the first line being like. <laughs> Don't let this happen I, I to you. The book and, was like a big middle finger to the. Well, that's what I was yeah. getting at, but yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, he, uh, I guess, Lieutenant Dan, like, uh, retires prematurely to live a big, uh, you know, luxurious retirement. And something happens where the, the, the shrimp industry starts booming and he can't keep up and ends up going bankrupt. And ends up becoming a custodian in a strip club, and so, forest. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I can, guess I can Jenny, totally see that though. I guess Jenny was still alive in this one; like she didn't die in the first book. 
And uh, at one point, he inadvertently invented new Coke, <laughs> which turned, turned out a failure. I don't know. And there was just so many other things like that. But like Randy said, you know, after looking at everything, it was just it was like a big fuck you like to the people who put him through hell. Because I think the company, the, the movie production company who originally bought it, sold it to another one they're not the ones that eventually ended up making it i'd have to watch that again it's been a long time Mm. but it's just crazy um how far different (laughs) the source material (laughs) source material is from what you actually see and based on what i've been hearing i haven't read the book maybe if i had i'd be maybe on board with it but based on what i'm hearing Kind of glad, yeah. Because that movie's a gem. I I was gonna say I I enjoy that movie. My mom hates it. What? Yeah, I'm like, why? But she uh, she doesn't. I don't know. If anyone can watch the scene where Forrest is standing at Jenny's grave and he starts crying and not break a tear, you are a cold hearted (laughs) son of a bitch. I will say that right now because every time that catches me out, every single time, no matter how many times I see the movie. Anyway, he's just so smart. <laughs> You'd be so proud of him, Jenny. <laughs> I sit here and laugh about it, but if you turned it on right now, I'd be weeping right? like a little girl, truly. So, all right. Were there any other picks we had to get off our chest really quick before we moved on? No. No? I won't talk about it much, but you should watch uh, the offer about uh, the making of The Godfather, which is on HBO. Ooh, that's, that's new, right? Yes, it's new. Uh, a lot of that is true. Uh, you have to weed through the truth and the hearsay, but, uh, it's very, very interesting stuff about, uh, how they, how they wrote it, how it came to be, how it almost wasn't all that stuff. And it's, it's, and he does it. He does a great job. Uh, what's his name that plays the part. I can't remember the guy. I'm not sure. I've seen a few trailers though, and it looks really good. Yes. Yes. It's very, very well done. Very well done. Is that on streaming? Is that out now? Yes, it's on HBO Max. No, it's on Paramount. It's on Paramount. Okay. Same company that put out Godfather. Gotcha. We'll have to see that, but I'd have to rewatch The Godfather. I mean, it has been I'd have to years. Watch The Godfather. You've never watched The Godfather? No, but I've seen pieces. Oh, Jack. Every time I watch That's it, I'm like, I don't know Italian. That's to do to make sure he watches Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> Say that one more time. You guys have to do another podcast to make sure that he watches Godfather. Well, it's, it's only taken him like 20 years to watch Shawshank, so oh, yeah, God, I've been yeah. waiting a while. And that's only thanks to Josh, because Josh brought in a copy and finally made it to where you didn't have an excuse where you couldn't watch <laughs> yeah. it. And then when we finally asked him, so, wasn't it awesome? He's like, yeah, it was all right. I just did that to bust everyone's balls. I liked it. It was good. Okay. It was, okay. It was definitely a good movie. All right. Well, we can all agree on that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, we're going to jump to a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking with Kevin more about Neighborhood Watch, so stick around. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back from commercial and once again joined by Kevin Keneally. Kevin, thanks again for being here, man, and we hope you're having a good time. Oh, yeah, it's a great time. 
Awesome. Awesome. And again, we want to talk to you about this book, but let's just talk about you a little bit to start, you know, uh, kind of get to know who you are. Like, like, tell us about yourself. Oh, yes, sure. So I was starting, uh, I'm still hearing my kids up upstairs. So I'm a father of two boys, uh, three-year-old and eight-month-old. So just got the eight-month-old baptized yesterday. So that was fun seeing the whole family. And so that comes first. And then I'm a teacher, juniors and seniors, in English and journalism and AP Lit, been doing that for eight years. And then I'm working my wow. way through grad school and English Lit. Uh, be finished in April with my degree. So start in 2020. So doing that. And then so you're uh, busy. <laughs> yeah. And he's writing books through all this. And I'm writing books, you know, doing stuff like this. I just uh, spoke at a library, spoke at a couple of bookstores a few weeks ago. Uh, got another bookstore uh, signing thing coming up in a couple of weeks. So it, it's never ending. Uh, I get up at 345, do stuff like wow. this to, to write, to plan, to, I, I don't know how I do it. I don't either. <laughs> I was going to say, you I'm should not, be about ready to go to bed right now. Right? <laughs> I'm getting tired. I'm getting a little tired. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's my life in a nutshell. I, I you know, I'm, I'm passionate about all of it and I, I love my, I love my kids. I love my my school kids, even though sometimes I annoy me. But I love them, and uh, sure. I love writing and and all of that. So that's that's it in a nutshell. Man, well, another thing that uh, that was pointed out to us is that you uh, had at one point worked for Chicago Land newspaper, and yeah. had done uh, several high profile interviews with people like uh, even Barack Obama. Can you yeah. shed some light on that? Yeah, so I was in the journalism industry. I actually got my degree at EIU, Eastern Illinois University, in journalism. Uh, at one time, I did some podcasting. Um, and Really? I wanted to ro- work at Rolling Stone. That was like interview bands and stuff. So I interviewed like Grand Funk Railroad, uh, the basis from Anthrax. Oh, wow. Uh, I interviewed Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. Talked about <laughs> 40 minutes. Just randomly... I, I saw that he was coming to EIU as a guest speaker, so I sent him a, a MySpace message, and he got back to me. I'm like, hey, this is awesome, you know. Uh, did wow. not have the accent when I talked to him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it was, <laughs> you know, a lot of that is just asking people because most people are good people, and most people will just, if you ask them, they will come, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd establish those connections. You know, I got to know people that, new people you know sure and it was it was fun so like the obama thing you know i i met him as a as a senator you know and he came to the community college and no like nobody wanted to go because they're community college students they're like oh he's a senator who cares and like you know this guy like he's gonna go somewhere like he was on the rise he's a shooting star kind of thing I'm like, I'm going to go see this guy, you know? And when I saw him speak, I'm like, yeah, he's not going to be a Senator much longer, you know? Right. And what he had to say touched a lot of people at that auditorium. And I, I talked with him afterwards. And when he talked to you, he, he was like talking to your uncle. It wasn't like talking to a politician. Cause I talked to other politicians before too. Like I talked to Blagojevich. I talked to, uh, Governor Edgar, I've talked to so many people, and he was the most down-to-earth politician I've ever talked to, regardless of what you think about him or his politics. I'm just talking about sure. him as a person. Um, he looked at you in the eye. He talked to you. I wrote the story up that day, 
And I would talk to him again. I would sit down with him again, talk to him. Oh, yeah, um, I'm sure. But it, it was it was great. I, I talked to him maybe for about 10 minutes. He addressed my questions. He patted me on the back. Um, did I th- think he'd be president that day? If you would have asked me that day, I wouldn't have been surprised. I would mm-hmm. not have been surprised. Um, but it wasn't like... I, if you would ask me, I'm like, oh yeah, I just talked to a president, you know, um, you know, I talked to a, a senator. Um, so that was cool. And, and looking back, I still have the article. I still have it in the hard copy newspaper. So, wow. so that was cool. I mean, yeah, I've done a lot of cool things, you know, being in journalism and I, I teach journalism kids and I'm like, Hey, you know, you keep doing this, you, you're going to get to do things. Most people don't get to do. Right. So, yeah. How freaking cool, man. Kind of jealous. So let's, talk about this book, Neighborhood Watch. Um, and again, like I said at the top of the episode, based on what I've heard it, or read about the book, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, kind of like an eerie Indiana meets Stranger Things kind of a vibe to it almost. Uh, so I'm just not going to say anything about it. Can you tell us and the listeners more about this book? Yeah, I mean, you you kind of hit it on the head, uh, like in eerie Indiana. I, I forgot about this show. Uh, <laughs> it's a fun show. Uh, yeah, I mean, as I was talking about, it's it's this perfect town gone wrong. So right, so it's like Stepford Wives meets, uh, you know, if you've ever seen Stand by Me, like they mm-hmm. find this dead mm-hmm. body kind of thing. Like, what do they do with it? Um, so on the outside, it's the safest town in America, right? But with the safest town in America, there comes things you have to give up, certain freedoms you have to give up, certain rules and regulations you have to live by. You think about it like when you drive down the street, uh, it, you know, at least around here, you have, you know, the street lights you have to obey. You know, you have red light cameras. Well, I took that concept and multiplied it by 50, you know, like, right. okay, there's a certain dress code in the town. There's a certain... Um, way that you have to behave. You have to go to X amount of board meetings. You have to go to X amount of community events. And if you don't, we're going to fine you and things like that. And people go along with it because they like how the community is rated. They like the top schools. They like how safe it is. And so they give up freedom after freedom, year after year after year. Well, (laughs) things start happening and people look the other way until it takes a group of kids known as the band to say we have to stop looking away because people are going missing and nobody's asking why (laughs) like okay they're just missing (laughs) why so as these kids grew up through the town they're like the people that hold the the only logic and then we follow these kids and they uncover, they go down this rabbit hole that just gets worse and worse and worse. And we find out this town is not nearly as perfect as we thought it was. It's got some major it vibes too. Yeah. It's just, it has me very much intrigued. So awesome. You know, it it could almost be taken as a social commentary to some extent. Like what, what um, inspired this for you? Maybe I'm way off in saying that. No. Yeah. I mean, Randy, you just said it vibes. I mean, not too long before, I wrote this book. I finished it um, largely because I had a fear of clowns. <laughs> no, seriously, I was sitting in second grade. Our substitute teacher showed us killer clowns from outer space. Oh, oh, oh there you go. <laughs> what? Um, so, yeah, there's a whole coming of age thing. 
you know, it's, it's, it takes place from 1986 to 2020. You know, I grew up in the nineties, a simpler time. So you see these, these teenagers grow up, um, but what really sparked it. I was outside shoveling snow one day and I grew up, I, we live in a pretty good area and, uh, this lady comes by and she's like, Oh, she's, uh, I just want to welcome you to the neighborhood. You know, this was a number of years ago now. Um, she's like, so what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm a teacher, you know, she's like, Oh, you know, like that person on the kitty corner is also a teacher. They have X amount of kids. And that person over there is a teacher. They have X amount of kids. And, and did you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like rattling off everybody where they live and yada, yada. <laughs> like, it's nice to meet you too. This is a little <laughs> weird, you know, like, you know, everybody, you know, it was like, which is fine, but like, she you know, flexible. everybody does, how many kids everybody has, where they all live. And I kind of just filed that away, you know? And um, so then a few days later, we get an email uh, to our inbox. It says, join, you know, the neighborhood watch in your community. And I'm like, oh, you know, that would make a good title for a book. And mm -hmm. I started connecting that lady with the name of a neighborhood watch. And I'm like, well, what's the history of a perfect community? What's it look like? And how does it get to that point? And so I sat down and wrote 10 pages within an hour of how a community gets to be this way. Uh, what's this one neighbor look like that leads this neighborhood watch? And it just kind of all fell into place. And just the yeah. idea, like you said earlier, you know, that you keep surrendering uh, freedoms and stuff for a seemingly perfect life. It just it, it just kind of makes me think of like our, our cell phones or social media or like how we surrender more and more privacy to be more and more like plugged in with everyone else. Does that make sense? No. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, you know, <laughs> teaching high school students, it's, it's hard to get them disconnected. And, and I'm like, well, guys, how much time do you spend on your phones every day? Yeah. You know, and uh, sometimes I'm bad, you know, sometimes it'll say on my, my alert, you know, you spent three hours on average a day. It's like, that's not good. They'll spend 12, <laughs> 13 hours a day on their phone. 12, 13 hours. Wow. I'm like, I don't want to hear that you didn't have time to do your homework. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Right, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it gets to the point where it's like, you know, I'll call home and be like, you know, did you know so-and-so, your, your, your daughter is spending 14 hours on their phone a day. And they're like, oh yeah, you know, like she likes to watch movies on her phone. So they're watching on TV. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not the point. Like she's, yeah. she's plugged in to a, a little screen all day. And so like surrendering her freedoms, it's like, you know, you, you gotta pay attention to the outside world. You gotta know what's going on, you know? Yeah. It, it's um, so awesome. Like you were saying earlier, like the nineties, you said you grew up in the nineties. So did yeah. we. And just what a, how grateful I am for the, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. being aware enough and growing up in a time before social media and the stuff, you know, it, cause it's changed everything, you know, <laughs> Yeah, you go meet, um, you meet people who are products of, you know, where they don't know anything other than a world with social media. And uh, we had this conversation not too long ago, like a lot of intro, a lot more introverted people out there. I would imagine. I, I think there are a lot more now too. Yeah. Cause yeah. everyone's so used to talking through a screen instead of face to face. I mean, with your students, how do you see like a big difference with the students you teach versus like you and your classmates when you were younger? Like how's the dynamic different? It, it's, it's hard to, I mean, the, attention span is just 
very small. Yeah. Uh, I almost feel like I'm part teacher, part entertainer, like trying to, like, should I be juggling a ball on my finger right now while I teach? Like, like, I don't, I don't even know. And sometimes that's not enough, you know, like, okay, like this isn't entertaining you right back to the phone, you know? And it's not like we don't have policies in place. It's just, there's so many things diverting their attention away. And when you have an outdated medium, like reading and writing, when you can go on tactic and you know <laughs> uh, all this other stuff, it's it's you know reading a page is boring to that, you sure. know. And so, and my job is try, try to get them to connect it, and this is important, and try to get them to see that it's you know relevant to their lives and exciting, and and all these different things, and wear all these different hats, whereas. You know, growing up through school and through high school, you didn't have those distractions. Like if I if I wanted to talk to somebody, I went to their house. If I wanted to call somebody, I I manned up and I called them on the phone. <laughs> I, I remembered phone numbers. Yeah. 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 I had to memorize phone numbers. Or, or at I least the pattern of the phone called number. the phone book. Yeah. You know. So it's it's just it's weird how much the world has changed, as you know, within what the last 15, 20 years. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, kids are kids. They're good kids. I like the kids. Um, but I'm also worried about them, too. You sure. know, not, not because of them, but because of what society has created for them. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a downer, but it is what it is. You know. Yeah, and then to think of the generation uh, after them that that is raised by them, you know, it's like, yeah, it, ugh, it's only going to get worse before it gets better. But it's it's it, you know, again, I think of being in in high school, like my our version of sending a text was ripping off a corner of notebook paper, writing yeah. a message on it, balling it up, and <laughs> throwing it, splitting it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it across the room, but. Anyway, sorry to go down that uh, fox hole of thought there. Uh, back to Neighborhood Watch. Now, I did see that uh, this is available for purchase on many different places online, including your website, uh, kevinpatrickkeneally.com. But uh, where else should people be directed to check out your book? As you said, it's on the website. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all, all the online retailers. Uh, if they're in in a vicinity for for this, uh, the brick and mortar stores are Century and Sluice Bookshop in um, Forest Park. Uh, it's also an Anderson's Bookshop in Downers Grove. And if there's any uh, British residents out there, it's in uh, the Book Dragon in the United Kingdom, which is just north of Manchester. So, which is pretty cool. Uh, it'd be cool for me to make it up there one day, but that's a little hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, with November being nano, um, November writing month, uh, it'd be also good to support independent bookstores. So Anderson's and Century Sluice are both independent bookstores. Uh, so if they're in the Chicagoland area, um, Downers Grove and Forest Park are both beautiful communities. If they want to pick up a hard copy and support the indie stores. We're gonna to have to keep an eye out for it because I really want to read it, especially after hearing you talk about it. It sounds, it sounds like it needs its own mini series, man. It really <laughs> yeah. does. I've, I've been told that over and over again. Yeah. 
Oh, shit. I'll try to think of something more prolific for next time. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, I, I didn't mean anything. <laughs> I know. I'm just messing with you, man. But uh, as far as uh, social media goes, uh, I found you on Twitter just at uh, Kevin Keneally. What about uh, Instagram? I am. Uh, I do have an Instagram presence. Uh, it's Kevin Patrick Keneally. Okay. Kevin Patrick Keneally. Uh, I do have to get more updated with stuff like that. I'm still like, I feel like a dinosaur now. I, I mostly do Facebook pages. Um, people still use it. Mm-hmm. People still use it. But yeah, I, I don't update Instagram and Twitter like I should, but yet yeah, Instagram is slash Kevin Patrick Keneally. And then like you said, Kevin Keneally for Twitter. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for being here on the show. We had a blast with you and you are always welcome to come back on anytime you want, man. And, uh, Good luck, one, getting those kids' attention, but yeah, two, get yourself some sleep, too, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think I will tonight. With your students, have you tried Wishbone? <laughs> He's trying to entertain them. He's trying to keep their attention, man. I, I appreciate Wishbone. I, I forgot about it until you brought it up again. So, See, I'm relevant, you know, damn it. My three-year-old might appreciate that, too. So. Yeah. Wishbone's like Freddy Krueger. Like as long as everyone forgets about it, it just doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. he started people thinking about it. Yeah. Now you're gonna see exactly. it everywhere. I'm surprised so. that's something that didn't get a reboot. Uh, you know, through like the past 10, 15 years of rebooting old series and whatnot. You know, <laughs> or maybe it yeah. has. Randy, do you know? No, I don't. I think they should do uh, an adult version with Triumph, the uh, talking dog. Now you have my attention. Yeah. Uh, that I would watch. <laughs> All right. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for being here, man. And Jack, what do we have on the website, sir? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can follow, like, subscribe. Shoot, you can even listen to the show. Uh, see some of our YouTube videos, get some merch, become a patron. And if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And you can find us on Twitter at cannedairpod and on Instagram at canned underscore air. And uh, once again, that website Jack was talking about, cannedairpodcast.com. A few different ways you can support us. Our Patreon page, a few dollars a month, gets you a ton of extra content. Or our merch page where there's t-shirts, stickers, mugs, and all kinds of different stuff where you can wear our logo, be our walking billboard, or drink uh, you know, out of our billboard. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I need to quit saying that. That's not, <laughs> that's not a good sale task tactic, but... What else we got? Uh, evergreenpodcast.com. And, uh, hey, if you're listening to us, give us a uh, like and uh, give us some feedback on your uh, podcast player choice. It would be much appreciated, people. We promise you. And I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. Have a good evening. Be excellent to each other, everyone. Oh no! Don't run, it'll only make things worse! What? Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown up.
and knowing is half the battle. G.I. This has been a Canned Air production. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotas, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.